Thank you for joining us for Let's Pray, a ministry designed to help and encourage through Bible reading and prayer. And I'm Brooke Suttle, the pastor of Royal River Baptist Church in Yarmouth, Maine. Our scripture reading is found today in the book of Hosea, chapter 12, verses 7 through 11. And while you're finding your place, uh, let me remind you that we are looking at the theme, the the contemplation of obedience in chapter 12. And we've looked at Israel's obstinance. God is trying to get them to see, to think, to contemplate about all the opportunities that they've had to do right, why they should do right. But Israel has been obstinate. Uh, God has a controversy with Ephraim and with Judah uh, because they have not taken time to think about what they're doing and about why they should do right, how they should do right. Then he brings up their origins. He wants them to, first of all, consider that they're not doing right. They ought to think about doing right, but they're not. Then they ought to consider their origins, how God worked in Jacob's life, how God had established them. Even though Jacob had been somebody that had been uh, somebody that had been somewhat of a deceiver himself and had gone his own way, yet God reeled him in. God brought him back, drew him back to himself and established him. And he wants them to know that even though you've not followed me like you should, I've established you. Consider your origins. Consider what great things I've done for your forefathers. Then he wants them to contemplate in this idea of obedience their opportunities, how God has given them multiplied opportunities, but yet they have perverted. They've gone their own way. They departed from the truth in in living like they've wanted to live, but God wants them to consider these things. So with that in mind, let's look at verse 7. It says, He is a merchant. The balances of deceit are in his hand. He loveth to oppress. And Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich. I have found me out substance. In all my labors they shall find none iniquity in me that were sin. And that and I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles as in the days of the solemn feast. I have also spoken with the prophets, and I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal, yet, or yea, their altars are as heaps in the furrows of the fields. As we look at this, I want us to see that Israel has departed from the truth. God has given them great opportunities, but yet they are delighting in oppression. We see this in verse 7. He is a merchant, and the balances of the cedar in his hand, he loveth to oppress. Now, it's one thing to do wrong, and, and that's bad enough that we would not follow God, we wouldn't do the will of God. Uh, our conscience hopefully would bother us. If you're a Christian, you can't do wrong without your conscience bothering you uh, because you're a child of God. He will chasten you in your conscience, also physically, financially. There's a lot of ways God chastens us. But God will deal with the believer. Those that walk away and, and have fooled themselves and they don't have any conviction. They live and not only do they live in sin and don't feel bad about it, but they actually enjoy it. They enjoy the, the, the oppression of others. They enjoy watching others oppress they, as long as it's not them that's being oppressed, they're all for it. They enjoy, they take delight in sin. The book of Romans chapter 1 talks about this, but we find Israel that they love. Not just they, they do it and they're okay with it, 
they enjoy it. They take great delight and pleasure in hurting other people and having people under their thumb and making people grovel at their feet and need mercy, and yet they oppress them. God says he hates this kind of thing, and here he's getting them to consider, Israel, I've given you opportunities. I've allowed you to build wealth. I've allowed you. Matter of fact, if you follow me, one of the promises is that you'll do well. One of the promises is that you'll be in good health. One of the promises is that the that the blessings of God will be poured out on you on the field and the rain from heaven and the abundance in your crops and that your your wives would have children and that your livestock would would bear young and, and you would not want for anything. But yet they're trying to do things in their own way, in their own power. And so they've perverted the ways of God. They're delighting in oppression. And they're, they're given to deceit. One of the ways that they've departed from truth is they're deceptive. They're deceptive concerning their balances, their deception of others, so that they might get gain. Uh, they don't have equal balances. They're, they're getting gain by trickery. Proverbs fifteen twenty seven says this, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. And this is exactly what's happening. God says, you're troubling your house. You think that you're getting ahead, but you're you're deceived. And uh, we're going to read more about that in a moment. But the deception of them of themselves is one of the greatest deceptions. And so, but they're deceiving others. God says it's going to bring down your own house. Proverbs twenty eight eight says, "He that by usury and unjust gain, this is what they're doing, increaseth his substance. He shall gather it for him that will pity the poor." He says, you're doing all this, but don't think you're going to hang on to it. You're going to be judged for your iniquity. Then I see they are this, this deception, this perversion, departure from the truth, is a deception not only of others, but it's a deception of, their, of themselves, like I mentioned a moment ago. We see this in verses 8 through 11. We see they're deceived about their deeds. Verse 8, it says this, and Ephraim said, Yet I am become rich. I have found me out substance. In all my labors they shall find none iniquity in me that were sin. Nobody's ever going to find out what I'm doing and claim that it's sin. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm just doing what it's it's a dog-eat-dog -dog kind of world. I'm doing what anybody else would do to survive. I'm just trying to get ahead. I'm just trying. If I didn't do it, they'd do it to me. Does that sound familiar to you in the day that we live, that people make excuses for their sin? They justify their bad behavior. They justify oppressing others. They justify trying to get ahead and just saying that that's the way things are today. You have to do that or you can't make it. They're deceiving themselves in their deeds. They think that they're not going to be held accountable for what they're doing, but God's going to hold them accountable. I see they deceive themselves in their deeds, but they're deceived about their dwellings. Because God says in verse 9, And I that am the Lord thy God from the land of Egypt will yet make thee to dwell in tabernacles, as in the days of the solemn feast. You think that you're getting by, you're living up, you have these fancy houses, you have these places that you think everything is grand and glorious. 
But one day you're going to be living like you do in the days of the feast in a tabernacle, a, 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 a shelter that you've had to set up like you did in the wilderness. And so you're not going to be living in these nice houses and fancy places anymore. I'm going to deal with you and your sin. Though you have great prosperity right now, it's all going to come to naught. You're going to be living in tents. You're not going to be living in nice, palatial houses. And so then we see they're deceived in their disregard. Uh, look with me in verse 10. I have also spoken by the prophets. I have multiplied visions and used similitudes by the ministry of the prophets. Is there iniquity in Gilead? Surely they are vanity. They sacrifice bullocks in Gilgal. Yea, their altars are as heaps in the furrows of the fields concerning their blessings. They disregarded the good word of God that came to them by the prophets. The word of God came to them and gave them warning, gave similitudes, gave illustrations, likenesses. They, they, they showed them what was going to happen to them if they didn't turn. They talked to them about the goodness of God and his grace to forgive them. Yet they turned away. They had a disregard. They had deceived themselves. They thought they were okay. They And so because of that, they disregarded the blessings of the of the preached word coming to them. And so many people turn a deaf ear. We're okay. We don't need that. We don't need the Bible. But they're deceiving themselves. They've perverted the ways of God. God will hold them accountable. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, help us not to take anything for granted. Help us not to deceive ourselves. Help us to realize, God, that we need to walk in truth and not to pervert the ways of God. Help us to deal truly with every man and that your name would be magnified in our lives. And we'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for Let's Pray. I hope it's been a help to you. If you have need of additional assistance, you may reach us at 207-899-7949, or you may go to our website at letspraynow.org. Until tomorrow, I hope you have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye-bye.